Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ici, c'est Paris. We're in the French capital as the Champions League kicks off. Welcome to OTC Reacts. I'm Andy Brassel. And I'm Jonathan Johnson. Yes, we are sitting here in the Parc de France, uh, what, 10 minutes after the end of Paris Saint-Germain 2, Borussia Dortmund 0. Um, post Neymar, post Leo Messi, but this is how it always works for PSG, isn't it? They play like princes in the group stage of the Champions League. But did it feel a little bit different tonight, Jonathan? I do think it felt a bit different. Uh, you know, I think, yes, we are used to PSG sort of having a convincing group stage um, and getting through relatively, uh, you know, unharmed uh, out of the group stages. And it's the the knockout phase that seems to, to bring the difficulties. But I do think that this was slightly different. Yes, you know, we can look at the fact that, you know, Borussia Dortmund at home, arguably on paper, is probably the most straightforward game that PSG could have hoped to open with. But equally at the same time, if you're sort of watching PSG game in, game out, like I am uh, since the beginning of the season, you really can see sort of the seeds of change under under Luis Enrique with the way that this new Parisian identity is uh, is coming together. And there are a lot of refreshing elements tonight. Sure, 2-0, uh, you know, not necessarily as flattering as it could have been. You saw Gonzalo Ramos had a, a goal chalked out late on for, for offside. Also missed a great opportunity to potentially add to that. Vitinha hit the post in the first half. But, uh, you know, I think Luis Enrique will feel really encouraged by the way that his team performed as a t- as exactly that as a team and i think that is certainly what he's been trying to emphasize these last couple of weeks yes they they blew leon apart uh, just before the international break and then they lost narrowly at home to nice uh you know but i think sort of back to back the the performance against nice the commitment uh, that he saw uh, and also the 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 collective showing that he saw here you know with some fantastic passing at times it was almost reminiscent of psg and their sort of pomp under laurent blanc you know, I think it's... You know, um, we, we know we're banning chat of Laurent Blanc, honey, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm, I am well aware of that. But uh, no, you know, in all seriousness, I think PSG, they look a much different proposition to what we've seen the last couple of years. I mean, we've always looked at them, Jonathan, and thought, this is a team that just doesn't do enough off the ball, particularly with that star front three to, to go and win the Champions League. Now, this is a bit different. They've got so much more mobility in midfield. I mean, Randall Colomani, who I think 
given that that was his first start for PSG, great addition. You saw what he provides off the ball as well as an enormous lot of football intelligence. Um, we've got a question here from Harry, actually, that someone's uh, sent in. Remember, you can always get in touch at OTC pod, at Andy Brassel, at John underscore the gossip. Uh, Harry says, is Vitinha the real deal? He looked great tonight based on his time at Wolves, underwhelming, and modest goals assist record at Porto. Do PSG deserve credit for seeing it through and signing him? or were the signs always there now he started last season JJ like a house on fire then there was a little positional change and it threw him really off kilter I mean I think it definitely helps having Manuel Ugarte behind him doesn't it they're getting great performances out of young Warren Zaire Emery but Vitinha was terrific wasn't he yeah, he absolutely was. And, uh, you know, I think you're probably in a better position than me to sort of chip in on Vitinha's development as a whole, given his time in Portugal and then that stint with Wolves. Uh, but certainly from what I've seen uh, from him with PSG so far, it certainly was a, a story of two seasons for him last year. You know, you could argue that things would be completely different for, for Vitinha or would have been completely different had he scored away at Bayern Munich when he had that goal, uh, yeah. basically just stolen away at the very last second when it was cleared off of the line. But I do think there is something in in that sort of midfield being rejigged uh, under Luis Enrique. They've swapped style for substance, you know, with Ugarte coming in, uh, you know, adding a bit more sort of like muscle uh, than somebody like Verratti. And obviously in the magic that you lose with Verratti, uh, you gain somebody who adds a lot more structurally, I feel, uh, you know, with Ugarte. And sort of Ugarte and Marquinhos coming back into that side that, that lost narrowly to Nice at the end of last week in Ligue 1, you immediately saw the difference. There was a lot more balance. Uh, there was a lot more purpose and, you know, it gave Pierre the base that they really needed to build off in the midfield and Vitinha was crucial to that but I'm glad you mentioned Warren's eye Emery as well because you know we kind of take it for granted that uh, you know he's able to do the things that he's able to do at this age because which is ridiculous it is it is it is wild but you know let's also remember that this is actually his second proper season of senior football as well 17 I know it's it's absolutely mad and the you know I think uh, it's sort of looking at the larger picture as well the fact that PSG are not only able to to blood such a serious talent at, at such a young age but also the fact that PSG now have this French core to the team as well you mentioned mm. Colomani obviously Mbappe uh, you know but you've now got the likes of uh, uh, you know Usman Dembele as well Luca Hernandez so you know there's a lot more to to sort of like and to and to get into with this PSG team than some of the PSG sides of old I think. Now, it seems a, a bit sort of contradictory us talking about the meat and potatoes bit of, of, of PSG, given that, you know, on a night like this at the Parc des Princes, um, it, it's how the Parc des Princes built its reputation, actually, in the 90s. You know, the atmosphere was fire at the beginning, wasn't it? And then it became this sort of magnet for celebrities with like Leonardo DiCaprio and Beyonce and Jay-Z and all, all that in the crowd. Andy Brassel and Jonathan Johnson. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> You're here every week. They're used to you now. But I, I think that that idea of embracing the hard work as well. I mean, you talked about, you were here on Friday night, as you said, when they, they lost to Nice. The difference when Ugarte already is there and when he's not there is remarkable, isn't it? Because they look very, very vulnerable when they lost the ball on Friday night. Now, um, Terran Moffi had a huge fun against PSG on, on, on Friday night. Interestingly, Dortmund didn't have that sort of player until they brought on Niklas Fulkrug a little bit later on, by which point you could argue it was, it was a little bit too late. But I, I guess the, the thing is, there was all this chat before the, the, the start of the season that, hang on, 
Georges Mendes like pulled a fast one. He was really expensive. Ugarte um, it's, it's, it's more than his transfer marked value or what, 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 whatever sort of spurious value that people put on players. But already he's looking like money very, very well invested in a player that they were totally missing. Yeah, I mean, I think this is probably one of the strongest arguments that Lewis Campos can hold up and to, to say, you know, I've had, a, you know, a really great, uh, you know, a summer transfer window. When you look at how key Ugarte has been from the very beginning for Luis Enrique uh, and the fact that PSG have opted to, to trade in Marco Verratti, you know, the former darling of Parc des Princes, uh, you know, for Ugarte, who is essentially, uh, you know, a, a warrior, somebody who will go into battle for you on the pitch. Speaking uh, of which, how do, how do you feel about Verratti leaving? I mean, you've been here for his whole PSG career, really. Seeing him develop from a boy into a slightly bigger boy, I suppose you could argue. How do you feel about him going? Yeah, didn't quite grow up, uh, you know, quite enough. <laughs> I, I think that was one of the issues. Do we want him to? No, I mean that that you know that's kind of part of that's that's why Marco Verratti is so sort of I'm not going to say infuriating, but you know you sort of love him and you get really irritated by him at the same time because it, there's just some stuff you know that only really Verratti can combine that sort of technical brilliance, but also that sort of like boyish uh, you know kind of uh, lovable rogue uh, approach that he brought. You know, loving obviously uh, you know talk chatting back to referees. Picking up yellow cards and stuff like that, but the interesting thing uh, I feel when I'm looking at Ugarte and you know potentially trying to imagine sort of how the future might play out for him is the last Uruguayan to play for PSG, Edinson Cavani, was extremely popular with the PSG fans here at Parc des Princes. Arguably as much of a legendary figure, if not greater than that of Marco Verratti. And if Ugarte can sort of channel some of that, uh, you know, spirit that Cavani had, you know, he could make a real success of himself at Parc des Princes. And you know, we've seen, uh, you know, some really really popular players over the years the likes of Verratti the likes of Pastore guys that you know take the Parc des Princes takes a long time to get over losing them but if they can add somebody new that they really respect and recognize is willing to go out there and sort of die for the team on the pitch in Ugarte then you know I think that the fans will feel like it was about time uh, that that sort of uh, you know trade was uh, was made and as unfortunate as it is to have not seen Verratti uh, you know perhaps fulfill his potential with PSG and, and lead them to the Champions League title that they craved Equally, uh, you know, a lot of sort of the, the many failings that have been kind of leveled at, at Verratti over the years were unfortunately of his, uh, of his own doing because it wasn't for want of sort of trying to encourage him to, 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 to sort of clean up his, uh, his lifestyle. Uh, you know, that, uh, you know, it's just the, the Parc des Princes crowd by the end just sort of gave him too many get out of jail free cards. And when the fans turned against Messi, uh, against Neymar, and then against Verratti. Sort of the moment that they turned against Verratti was sort of, I think, the real watershed moment in the, the, the where PSG realised, like, right, we could really potentially lose the fans here if they're even turning against Verratti. Right. Well, I, I suppose it's interesting what you're saying about uh, Cavani because, of course, uh, scored an in incredible amount of goals for PSG, but it wasn't just about the goals. It was the grinter, wasn't it? You know, how much he did off the ball, the fact that he covered every blade of grass moving to another striker of course it was Kylian Mbappe that got it all underway today dangerous from the very beginning um scored the penalty which I suppose we can briefly discuss in a in a second very modern sort of handball penalty because well he was falling over Nicolas Sula he couldn't really have put his arm any, any, anywhere could he but I, I can understand why it was, was was given um but if if I'd have taken you back a month and a half could you have imagined Kylian Mbappe scoring the opening goal for PSG in the Champions League. Could you imagine him playing 
No, that's a, that's a really good point. Uh, and no, I don't think anyone could really have imagined him sort of being, uh, you know, not not only playing and scoring, but also being the talisman, uh, you know, of this PSG side. Because I think you can't just sort of take it, uh, you know, by looking at what we've seen tonight against Dortmund. You actually have to sort of consider what's happened so far this season. He missed the opening game, came on sort of about the hour mark of the second game. He's now racked up seven league on goals in, in about four outings, uh, added another one in the Champions League. Now, this is, this is fastest start to a season uh, you know and I think he broke a couple of records tonight in scoring uh, you know one uh, you know that was that was held with uh, with Thierry Henry and I think he's level now with Cavani in that he scored in seven consecutive seasons for PSG wow. in the Champions League wow. so that just goes to show you know that despite all of the uncertainty around his future uh, you know for, for most of the summer you know he remains uh, as key as ever and I also think it's quite telling in the fact that you could see some of these ideas forming that Luis Enrique was trying to get his team to do in the first couple of games of the season the draw against Lorient the draw against Toulouse but it was only when you brought Mbappe back into the mix uh, you know that the goals started to come and the team started to score the goals that you know had previously been hinted at in some of those performances and it's also interesting as well that it's not coming really from somebody playing in a central striking position the majority of these goals because Mbappe of course is playing out wide uh, and actually Luis Enrique's greatest success so far this season up top has been Asensio, who picked up, unfortunately, yeah. an injury during the international break, but has been, un in an unlikely way, a more prolific source of goals through that central role so far. I mean, it's good to have options, but how does it all shake out in the end? I mean, there was speculation in the media this morning that it was Gonzalo Ramos who would, would, would start. He's taking a little bit of time to find his feet uh, at the Parc de France, I think that's fair to say. But then again, you look at Colomboani coming in, and you talked about the Frenchness of, of the team. I mean, even if Ramos is nearer the fixed point centre forward that Mbappe was saying last summer that he wanted to, to, to play off, Colomuani looks like the perfect fit for that front three. And like I said, it's not just his intelligence, which means he can switch positions so well. Um, the technical quality is, is unbelievable. But what you get off him off the ball, which you definitely don't get with... Usman Dembélé and Kylian Mbappé that really adds something, doesn't it? I thought it was a really impressive performance. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, uh, you know, he looks like he's prepared to do some of the thankless tasks, which let's yeah. face it, Neymar, Messi, nor Mbappe were prepared to do in previous years. And that's been, you know, sort of part of where PSG's downfall uh, has come. I mean, I am really curious to see what happens uh, when Luis Enrique has a full squad available to him, what he decides to to go with as sort of what he considers to be his strongest 11. He's said all along, you know, I, basically, I don't want want a strongest 11 I want two strong 11s so you know there is going to be a lot of rotation but you know you would have to assume that at some moment he's going to have to go with what he considers to be the strongest team possible and there's a number of different headaches in there for him because you know if you're assuming that Nuno Mendes when he's finally fit and comes back is going to go on that left hand side suddenly you've got two very attack minded fullbacks I mean Hakimi scored a, a, a fantastic goal phenomenal uh, here tonight uh, against Dortmund but you know likes to get forward a lot and is not always is as disciplined defensively as he perhaps could be but then you've got that that central defensive conundrum you've got Marquinhos who's still continuing as captain after he was confirmed to, to, to be keeping the role so you know does Skriniar continue does Presnel Kimpembe come back when he's recovered does Lu uh, Lucas uh, Hernandez come in uh, from that left back role that he's playing at the moment until Mendes is fit and, and you know 
just balance out the defense that way. And then also up top, you know, do you bring Asensio back in after he scored a couple of goals earlier on in the season? What happens with Lee Kangin, who now will go off to the Asian Games, but when he finally comes back, is there going to be space for him? So there's a lot of questions, uh, you know, to, to, to sort of ask. And it'll be interesting when we finally see what Luis Enrique or what we might be able to consider to be Luis Enrique's uh, strongest eleven. Yeah, I mean, we saw with... Uh... We saw with Hernandez tonight, actually, that he really helps Hakimi play in a back four, doesn't he? Because it, it doesn't really seem particularly feasible with the attacking player he is that Hakimi can play in a, a back four. I mean, Zinedine Zidane certainly thought that wasn't the case, and that's why he was happy to sanction his departure from Real Madrid. But if you've got Luke Hernandez, you move across into a three, don't you? Because he can play left back or left centre back when Hakimi's attacking. So it works quite well. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. What about Dortmund? Now, we've got a tweet here from uh, at It's That Ginger. How do you think Dortmund will do in the group going forward? When the draw was made, they felt to me like the weakest in the group. Okay. Uh, but with Newcastle feeling rather flat and Milan showing Chelsea-esque levels of finishing, <laughs> uh, could there be a window of opportunity for the yellow wall? I mean, we talked about this before kickoff because we were watching a, a, a bit of the um, game, weren't we, between Milan and Newcastle, which... Milan were really strong in the first half and then it sort of petered out a, a little bit. And you said, right, PSG have got an opportunity that they've got to seize here. They have seized that by getting the three points here tonight. I mean, if they go on and win their next match, could it end up being a battle between the other three for that for that second place? Because, you know, I think if you looked at the names of the groups, I mean, it felt like a, an incredible group when it came out of the hat. But how much quality really... Is there? Because Dortmund were super disappointing tonight, especially for the first hour. 
Yeah, I mean, I think there was, uh, you know, a, a strong emphasis on on defensive solidity from uh, from Dortmund, and you know, they they showed a bit of fight, but it's sort of not much more than that. Uh, they I don't away a lot in the first half, didn't they? Yeah, they did, and uh, you know, I also think that uh, you know they 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 look every bit sort of the team that's kind of struggled equally to to sort of PSG in the opening couple of rounds of the the Bundesliga. They certainly don't look like a team that's anywhere near uh, you know hitting their stride. Uh, you know, good to see that the fans didn't abandon them. And made a fantastic noise from start to finish of the game but you'd, yeah. you'd expect that from uh, from Dortmund home or away uh, but you know I do think that it is potentially a good opportunity for them now because they're going to go and be I think they're at home next against uh, Milan uh, while PSG are away at Newcastle that's a big opportunity for Dortmund because if they can beat Milan and suddenly get a foot up on them and then you know, if uh, if they hope that PSG eventually go on to dominate the group, uh, you know that could potentially open up second spot for, for for them to target. And also, you know, PSG needed to win tonight because it's not going to be easy for them going to Newcastle. And I'm not talking about it as Newcastle sort of potentially being uh, a bit of a, a banana team in terms of uh, you know the the quality that they have on the pitch because obviously they're they're not a bad team. Okay, they're they're in sort of a disappointing mm. run of form at the moment in the Premier League. But the biggest danger for PSG, I believe going to Newcastle is just how narrative rich it is and the pressure it would have created for PSG had they not won that opening game against Dortmund because that would have made it so much more difficult for them so now I think PSG have given themselves room to breathe with that that opening win uh, and for Dortmund it's really all going to be about the the home form because if they can't take points and beat the teams uh, at home, realistically they don't really have that much of a, of a chance of going through and uh, you know I think that they will ultimately be looking to secure at least third spot in the group but there is still an opportunity I think certainly based on uh, you know the the performance in the the Milan Newcastle game for them to to maybe hope to to finish second I think that's it for either Milan or Dortmund really it will be seen as a big failure if they don't make that second place so there is a degree of pressure on them and as you say a degree of pressure on that next game but it's remarkable to me that they only really they looked much better when they threw caution to the wind and they only really did that in the last half hour when the game had gone and made some quite positive changes. Jamie Bino-Gittens looked good when he came come on. They looked more um, intense, actually, when Marco Royce was on, 34-year-old Marco Royce, which, <laughs> which is a, a, a little bit remarkable to me. And I, I think having Fulkruger's as, as that fixed point centre forward definitely helped as well. But yeah, I mean, it, it has been a big problem recurring for Dortmund, how they've they've looked just a, a little bit slow and ponderous uh, in the Bundesliga as well, right? I mean, that performance for the first hour was very much like the one, actually, the last time I saw them in the Champions League, which was their last game in the Champions League when they got knocked out of Chelsea. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting that you say they kind of look a bit slow and ponderous or have looked a bit slow and ponderous because they do feel like they're moving in slow motion a little bit, especially in defence, and they seem very sort of error-prone. I mean, they were lucky to not have a second penalty given against them in the, the first half. They were yeah. fortunate that Vitinha hit the post, that Ramos's shooting boots weren't on, and that he got flagged later on as well because it could have been a lot more for PSG. Uh, in terms of the final score. Yeah, and if uh, that had gone differently, if you think about it, I mean, going back a, a while when Mbappe and Neymar first arrived, six years ago, first home game in the Champions League, PSG of the season, PSG three, Bayern nil. Mbappe didn't score that night, but he had an unbelievable game. Carlo Ancelotti got sacked the next day. Now, I always had it in the back of my mind today, if Dortmund have a really bad performance and they get whacked... It's a big cloud over Edin Terzic, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I think sort of in, ter in terms of the timing, it'll be really interesting to see what happens these next couple of games leading into the next international break because you'd argue that that's probably the better uh, moment for a change to potentially be made. But equally, uh, you know, if sort of performances continue to be, to be so underwhelming, you know, that pressure is just going to keep building and keep building. Does Nagelsmann getting the Germany job, as looks very likely, do him a bit of a favour in the short term? Yeah, possibly. Uh, I mean, I, I I don't know if I could imagine Nagelsmann having gone uh, for uh, the Dortmund job had it been uh, made available. But equally, uh, you know, Nagelsmann seemingly set on sort of this uh, interim stint as Germany boss for the Euros and then allowing them to sort of, you know, conduct a, a search for a long-term uh, successor to, to Hansi Flick. Certainly seems like it's maybe taken sort of arguably the most high-profile name off of the off of the market for, for Dortmund to, to potentially look at. But, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not really convinced that making the change uh, with Terzic at this moment in time is, is necessarily the right decision because the players certainly seem to still be giving it all on the pitch yeah. uh, you know, for him. They don't yeah. seem to have sort of down tools or anything like that. It just seems to me like it's, it's more a question for the, for the players to, to, to sort out themselves and you know, become more uh, you know, sort of adventurous and, and direct. And I also think that the, that the absence of that prolific and reliable goal scorer that Alain yeah. would normally be yeah. uh, you know, also costs them quite, quite dearly at times. Yeah, that, that's right. I mean, obviously good news for Julian Nagelsmann coming up later this week and the fact that it's a home tournament next summer so he can presumably skateboard to training. Uh, talking of bosses though, we're going out for a, a drink in the Paris night now, uh, me and JJ, to celebrate the fact that Lyon are no longer the laughing stock of French football. We couldn't let you go without discussing what's going on at Marseille away at Ajax, of course in Brighton's group with AK Athens in the Europa League. Marcelino went into training this morning and told the players that he was leaving. He's not officially left yet. It looks as if Pablo Longoria, the president, who he's very close with, Marcelino is very much his man, was going to leave. He's since decided he's probably not leaving. Who's going to be on the bench at Ajax? I mean, Ajax are a mess, so uh, this is very much a case of Marseille going, hold my beer. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's very much sort of a, a battle of two early season crisis teams. Uh, and uh, it, it sounds like it's going to be uh, Papin, uh, who will be on the bench for, for Marseille. Obviously, uh, you know, uh, club legend and, and French footballing legend. Uh, but, uh, you know, there is greater confusion uh, at this moment in time over sort of the, the medium to long term future. And obviously a huge game coming up at the weekend as well, coming here to Parc des Princes to face PSG and Le Classique. So, you know, not an ideal time for, for Marseille to have uh, this sort of drama and basically it all stems from what sounds like uh, a, a meeting with the, the ultras who have been quite vocal in their disappointment with the performances so far this season. Performances despite Marseille being unbeaten up until you know this point and ahead of PSG in the, in, in the table yet uh, you know the, the, the conversation, the exchanges which uh, you know uh, included obviously the likes of Longoria got so heated that it sounds like very serious threats were made uh, against him, which has pushed him to the point of you know potentially considering his future at the club. Uh, and obviously because of that, Marcelino, uh, you know, basically not wanting to to stay on if uh, you know the guy who hired him uh, has uh, is about to leave. So massive confusion. Uh, you know, it doesn't look like it's going to get cleared up. Uh, you know, by the time they play Ajax on Thursday. 
doesn't seem like it'll necessarily be cleared up by the time they come to Paris uh, by the weekend. So, you know, Marseille once again, uh, you know, winning Ligue 1 in terms of the, the drama that they're <laughs> capable of uh, producing, which obviously will be no uh, consolation to their fans. But equally, the fans, like they were with Igor Trudeau, very, very harsh from, from day one, you know, very demanding. But at least they saw... Ian Igor Tudor, sort of a, a clear plan and, and sort of, uh, you know, the, the ideas that he was trying to put into place. Whereas with Marcelino, it, it doesn't really seem to have had that kind of positivity around it from day one. To be continued in future OTCs, methinks. Uh, thanks to Jonathan and thanks to you for listening to today's episode of OTC Reacts. Dotton and I will be back as usual on Thursday for a regular episode of OTC where we'll be joined by Miguel Delaney for more Champions League reaction. Remember to subscribe in your podcast app so you never miss an episode. On the Continent is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.